Ari Rosenbaum here with a new fun-filled episode of that 4K podcast. This week we're going to talk about one of my favorite subjects that I've never talked about before fully in a whole episode, automatic enrollment. Go to that 4KSafe.com for further information on all our live events, if we're doing any or whatnot. Um, certainly going to start some stuff up. Um, you know, we're talking about a planned sponsor virtual event for October. Um, I think it really, you know, comes down to it, just planning and stuff. Um, but, uh, let's go to, you know, the issue at hand, automatic enrollment. I think it's been one of the most successful features added to a foreign key plan in the last 20 some odd years. But, you know, it wasn't a perfect launch. You know, you always have uh, new products out there. They're launched successfully and then they fail or they they just launch and they always fail. Um, actually, it was it's funny. In, in Brooklyn, my, my hometown, uh, they just um, yeah, Google it or whatnot. They're actually near the... Industry City, which is off the Gowanus, where they have a Costco and where the Nets have their training center. Um, there's like a temporary museum about the Museum of Failure or whatnot, product failures and all that stuff. I'd love to go, but I don't want to spend 25 bucks ahead to go see a bottle of Crystal Pepsi or Colgate um, um, frozen dinners, which was a thing. Uh, so, you know... Automatic enrollment was one of those few things that, you know, had a really bad launch, in my opinion, and it was successfully retooled. Um, you know, when it's, you know, it's always a funny thing when a TV show is taken off the air to get retooled. Very rarely do they um, get better. Uh, Super Train, I think, is a perfect example. They took the show off the air, retooled it, didn't work out. Same thing with movies. They pulled uh, Heaven's Gate. Michael Cimino, the movie that he made right after uh, one of my favorite movies of all time, Deer Hunter, um, Heaven's Gate, uh, just this really long, real movie, and I watched it once, and it's like watching paint dry, um, but that got, re you know, pulled out, they retooled it, cut about, you know, 80 minutes out of it, and it was considered a bigger flop. But automatic enrollment started around 1998, which is around the time I think I started uh, in the retirement plant business. I started on uh, my first day at work for Berman, Sussman, and Forsetter, or Berman, Sussman, Forsetter, and Partlands so for the month or so. Uh, I was affiliated um, law firm that worked on site for Mobius Tech, which was a name of a TPA, which I I think it was a terrible name for a TBA, Mobius Tech. You would think that it was a technology company. Mobius Tech got sold off to CBiz Retirement Services, Inc. Um, in 99, Dan Sussman said, oh, you guys have nothing to worry about. And I remember going home that night and telling my dad, I said, I, I think when, you know, I think if someone tells you not to worry, it's time to worry. And by 2002, um, CBiz at that time decided to get out of the daily record keeping business, sold our plans to a company called Bysis, which became a census, and I was on my own to find another job. But 1998 came along, Revenue Ruling 9830 created what we called at that time negative election. 
Uh, it was developed, in my opinion. So, you know, on the negative election, you know, uh, employee was automatically rolled into a plan and contributed at a set percentage or amount, which typically in those days was 3%. There wasn't really any guidelines. Uh, it's specified, I believe, in that revenue ruling at 3%. And, um, you know, unless, obviously, they were automatically enrolled, unless the person, you know, opted out. And, you know, really, I didn't like it. I thought I, I, when, I, when I first read it and there was a paralegal Marge who was there and I said, man, this is something out of, uh, this is something out of the Soviet Union. You're going to pull 3% out of somebody's paycheck. And the reason I hated it was because I just saw this as a gimmick to increase um, an employer's uh, ADP test. I I didn't I didn't see anything that uh, you know was good for the participant. You, you took three percent of their paycheck, and because. Um, of ERISA 404C and a participant not affirmatively investing in funds, there was no QDIA at the time. So the money got plopped into a money market account or maybe a stable value account. Uh, plan sponsors maybe stick out their neck and put it in a balance fund. But there was absolutely no liability protection for an employer under ERISA 404C. So, you know, I, I, I thought it was just dumb. Uh, I, you know, and there were some state law regulations or whatnot that, uh, you know, you know, there was a problem with it. You know, it, it should have been examined for, you know, any conflicting standards and, and whatnot. And um, so that was 1998. Automatic enrollment, I want to say between 98 and 2006, I probably had one client out of... 500 to 750 that had negative election. They weren't popular. But PPA changed that, and I was a huge fan of George Carlin, still to this day. George Carlin is probably still my favorite comedian, way back. This is going back 30-some-odd years. I saw George Carlin live only one time at Stony Brook. Uh, freshman year, we had homecoming, and I sat in the front row because I, only, I was the only person interested in going, so I went by myself. Uh, unfortunately, George repeated a lot from his previous HBO special, which I saw a couple months earlier. But George Collin was a big fan of euphemisms. Um, you know, he, he would wonder why did, when the toilet paper become bathroom tissue. And, you know, his point really was, you know, changing words was, you know, perhaps changing reality. Um, negative election, like I said, wasn't really popular. And, uh, and, uh, you know, I think negative election could have used a, a, a fresh coat of paint or a paint of coats, as uh, Conrad Thompson and Bruce Pritchard might say, for the five people in the audience who probably get it. Probably based on my numbers, one person will get it. But PPA uh, finally took uh, automatic enrollment made it part of the law. So prior to 2006, it was just, you know, based in a revenue ruling, and revenue rulings don't have that much um, uh, precedence. So um, PPA, you know, eliminated a lot of legal headaches and administrative headaches out of it. It was a game changer, so it allowed plan sponsors to add it, but more importantly, to get uh, 
automatic enrollment allowed, you know, this QDIA uh, liability protection for employers, which was a big deal. I think that was the big game changer. And studies have shown 87% of plan sponsors participate in plans with automatic enrollment versus 52% for the plans that don't offer it. Um, and the QDIA, to me, was a big, big deal. Um, and, you know, I, I've told the story a thousand times, maybe. But, you know, I worked for a producing TPA at the time. So I wrote an email. Uh, we were producing TPA, so for those who don't know, producing TPA is a TPA with an affiliated investment uh, company, um, registered investment advisor, whatnot. And uh, I said to the bosses, I, I wrote to the bosses, I wrote to Rich Larita, our top salesperson, and uh, head of actuary, Amy Zimney, and, and whatnot. And, you know, I, I thought, you know, we should get behind it. More revenue, this boom, boom, boom. And it's 2023. I still have yet to hear back from my email. Um, but I thought it was a game changer. And, you know, um, it really, you know, allows, you know, it's part of PPA, it, you know, created uh, the ACA, IACA, and QUACA. And, of course, the ACA is just the automatic contribution a a arrangement. The uh, IACA is uh, really uh, making it eligible. Um, there's... A change where you can uh, the time frame to fix a failed discrimination test is, is lengthened. Uh, also, a plan in the, under IACA could allow participants to withdraw um, contributions within 90 days. And you know, it's funny. Uh, actually, the only person when I talked about the TPA in the email, it's not the only person that responded was Rich Lurie, and he did not do that. Sorry, you know, people don't know. Do not disturb. I, you know, you record and whatnot. But Rich Larita did respond uh, to me verbally, not uh, by email. That was Rich's style. And Rich, you know, uh, was insistent that automatic uh, enrollment would not catch on because people would be very, very upset. He's like, you know, we, we have small to medium-sized employers, and they're going to get upset. HR is going to knock on the – you know, people are going to knock on HR's door and be terribly upset that their money was withheld. And I said, no, I think people are not going to feel the 3%. And, you know, the uh, automatic enrollment as part of PPA allowed you to increase it as much as you could. Actually, those previous guidance, as you said, you could put it up to 80% if you wanted to, if that was the limits set forth in your plan. And Rich said, you know, I was trying to interview employees that we, we work with. Would you be upset with 3%? I, I, I find that people are passive aggressive. Uh, push comes to shove. They're not going to say boo. Um, they're just passive. Uh, I, you know, we worked there when Rich uh, was let go because he had a cancer diagnosis and they wanted him to go on disability. Nobody said peep. Nobody said a peep when we got bought out. Nobody said a peep when our um, every year our health insurance got worse and worse. Nobody said a peep when our I, I of course I was the only one when uh, they moved our plan from. Uh, fidelity to an insurance company-based platform to, to save pricing with that insurance-based company. Uh, people don't say anything. The only time they ever said anything is when they got, you know, got rid of the free milk for coffee. That's when people complained. So anyway, the Yaka, 
there are some advantages over the Aka. The Quacka, obviously, that's a safe harbor variation uh, match. Uh, less of a match. More importantly, you have a two-year vesting schedule. It kind of works like a safe harbor match, but um, you know, the mat like I said, the match contribution is less, and you can do a two-year, 100% or 50% each year graded vesting schedule. And uh, uh, Secure 2.0... Um, that was another game changer because, uh, you know, it, government sees that it's successful. Uh, there's very few things that government does that is successful. And automatic enrollment, 62% now of plan sponsors offer it. So that's a big deal. Um, and Secure 2.0 is just going to make it more so. How are they going to make it more so? Uh, law was signed on December 29, 2022. Any plan that's put in place after 2022 um, is going to have to offer it in 2025. Uh, offer it to at least, uh, got to offer it uh, 3%, and it would be increasing annually by one percentage point to at least 10%, but not more than 15% of pay. Uh, obviously, they also don't apply. They don't apply for... Uh, you put a new plan in place, you have less than 10 employees, it's not subject to you. Uh, church plans, governmental plans, obviously, uh, are not going to be covered as well. But, you know, I talked to another risk attorney who I, I really respect, you know, fairly more conservative than I am, and I, and I consider myself conservative. Uh, I did talk a little bit too much about COVID, and, you know, he's another one of those COVID experts. Uh, but nice guy. And, you know, he, he talked, you know, I don't know, he didn't talk badly about automatic enrollment, but you can t tell, you know, uh, when we had uh, the virtual conference back in January, you know, you could see the comments on the sidebar. People don't like government forcing people to do things. Uh, normally, I'd be against it, but, you know, we have a retirement plan crisis in this country. Social Security, I think, is going to go belly up the year before I got to take out. Uh, we're kicking down the can on Social Security. Further and further along the line, uh, I think retirement plan coverage is a big deal. It's important to me. That's why, unlike this arrest attorney I talked to yesterday, I'm a big fan of these state, you know, IRA programs that kind of forces plan sponsors to offer, uh, forces employers to be plan sponsors by offering a retirement plan. Hopefully, they'll see the light and join a PEP or offer a new 401k plan on their own rather than you know, sign up with a crappy IRA program. But uh, I'm all in favor of this. Automatic enrollment works. People are saving more thanks to it. Um, uh, you're not forcing people to do anything. Uh, it's the same thing. Again, I'm right of center. Uh, I've, I'm not going to say that I'm not. I was a college Republican president back in the day when, you know, 30 some odd years ago, that meant something entirely different than it is today. Um, I don't know necessarily think I was in college these days. I'd be a college Republican president because my views are kind of more moderate. Uh, but I believe that, uh, you know, anything uh, that is going to help people to save for retirement uh, is a good thing. People are not being forced into anything. They can certainly firmly opt out. It's the same thing with ESG funds. I know, you know, obviously uh, Biden just vetoed uh, congressional um, request, basically, to overrule the DOL rule on it. And I don't really care. 
Uh, I think that uh, the DOL rule is just politically based. And uh, plan sponsors don't have to offer it. And I would recommend that plan sponsors don't offer ESG funds because I don't want to push something that's based on the whim of whoever is occupying the White House. And to this day, it hasn't shown me that ESG funds are all about getting the maximum return for plan participants to, to, to support you know an agenda, which, again, I don't necessarily mean I, I'm against. You know, I, I do drive a Prius V for the last... Um, 11 years, and before that I had a Prius uh, for two years that died in the hurricane. So uh, then again, I do invest in MGM and uh, <laughs> MGM and uh, uh, Philip Morris, but that's a whole nother story. I, I just think that, uh, you know, it's a great thing. We should all be behind it uh, because, you know, more money in this business is more money for the rest of us. And I think obviously a goal in the industry is retirement plan coverage, getting people more covered by plans, and automatic enrollment just does work. Now, in conclusion, you know, it's another short uh, episode. But automatic enrollment isn't the perfect fit for everybody. So 2025, uh, if you're going to have to offer it, you're going to have to offer it. I, I, can't, I can't help you. That's the law. Um, as for those who... You know, set the plans in place before 12-29-2022, you still have a choice. And, you know, if a plan is always increased, uh, the plan always has a good ADP rate for the non-highlies, doesn't, you know, not going to fail. Maybe it's a safe harbor plan. Uh, maybe you already have high enrollment. You know, if you're, you know, had a practice or a law firm or accounting firm that, you know, had high participation because people are paid well then it's not really necessary. You know, automatic enrollment is a gimmick. It's a feature. I, 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 you know, as a pro wrestling fan, any feature is a gimmick uh, because, you know, wrestlers need gimmicks to get over. And so that's why I always call a feature a gimmick. And it is a gimmick. Automatic enrollment is a gimmick. It's a gimmick to juice up artificially, well, not artificially, but to juice up the ADP rate of the nine highly compensated employees. That's all it really is. Uh, that's why it was created. Uh, now we're you know we're all about retirement plan coverage and, and getting people covered and all that and that's why we're pushing it now. But let's let's be honest. The reason it started was because some I think it was a fast food restaurant. I want to say it was McDonald's who said, you know what, we got to do something about our uh, ADP rate, and and let's see if we could go for this. And they got the blessing of the IRS back in 1998. And so that little revenue ruling spawned a renaissance or a revolution in the retirement plan space. Automatic enrollment works. Uh, there are very few things that we add that does work. There's a lot of failures. I think PP, uh, pool, uh, pooled employer plans, right now I can't say it's a success. We've got a lot of failed plans. we still got a lot of uh, interesting dilemmas. Uh, right now I'm in an interesting dilemma being a plan sponsor of a MEP trying to convert to a PEP, and the TPA wants to be the plan sponsor of the PPP and the TPA, and somehow they're trying to push me out of things. Uh, but... That's neither here nor there. So hope you enjoyed this episode of that 4K podcast. Uh, tune in next week. We'll have another episode for you. And uh, go to that 4 site.com for further information. We're eventually going to have some type of events. Don't know what it is. So, um, uh, again, thank you for joining us and hear from you. Uh, well, you'll hear from me next week. Take care. Bye.